UX world. PUX world. PUX world. Branding with the big faces. I love listening to it. Kane Sims. Kane Sims. Kane Sims, the one and only. Britain's finest, Mr. Kane Sims. Dustin. Dustin. Dustin Coates. I like it when you guys are together and talking about voice. Without further ado, welcome to the show. All right. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How is everybody doing? Doing well. How are you doing, Kane? Very good, thank you. Very good. Not bad. Good. Not bad. How are you, Mihai? Pretty well. Nice. Just had my morning coffee. Yeah. Basking in the San Francisco rays, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. The weather is really nice today. So hopefully I can get outside for uh, for a walk. Nice. Is the weather in Paris just as Baltic as it is in London, Dustin? <laughs> Uh, I'm not really leaving my apartment all that much lately, but yeah, it's pretty crisp. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Mihai, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. It is, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on. Big, big fan of the work that you and your team have been doing at uh, Mercedes. Um, and this episode really is, is an opportunity for us to, to delve into that a little bit. So as we mm-hmm. kind of kick off, do you want to give people a bit of an introduction to yourself and your role sure. at Mercedes and, and bit, yeah. a bit of a description about what you've been doing? Yeah. So uh, my name is Mihai. Uh, I work as a product manager uh, at Mercedes-Benz Research and Development North America, uh, and uh, I'm responsible for the Hey Mercedes voice system in the North American market, specifically on the operation and development side, and adjusting the assistant to kind of fit our customers from the North American uh, market. Cool. That sounds good. And what where did you kind of get into this from? We spoke about it very briefly before we kind of started mm-hmm. the recording. What's what's your kind of journey into this space been like? You know, where, where have you where have you kind of been? What's your career been like? How did you end up? Yeah, at Mercedes. I've I've been working at Mercedes for five years now, um, and I started in connected cars, integrating smart home uh, ecosystems with uh, with our cars, uh, and then slowly migrated towards voice. We, we had a couple of projects. Our team was called IoT and wearables because um, we were kind of integrating always IoT devices and, and wearables with their cars. Um, and when Alexa and Google Assistant came, we started working on those and developing uh, applications for them. Um, and then we merged all the voice efforts uh, from our company into one big group, which is, you know, spanning across uh, all continents. We have um, the main effort in Germany, both in Stuttgart and in Berlin. We have a team here in, in Sunnyvale, California, uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area. And then we have multiple teams in, in Asia with a pretty large team in China as well that focuses on the assistant in the China market. Um, prior to that, I um, came from uh, Romania, from Europe. I spent um, a couple of years working in the music festival industry. And I did also spend four years in Manchester, UK to do my bachelor and master's degree, which was really cool and got to experience uh, all the clubbing scene, which was <laughs> kind of on par with uh, uh, with my experience from the music festival industry. So, uh, nice. but yeah, no, no potting, no clubbing anymore here. It's primarily kiteboarding and uh, outdoor activities. Don't get much chance to do that much outdoor activities in Manchester. Uh, <laughs> where I'm from, is it's even further north than that, so it's even colder and even wetter. Uh, but yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Where did where did the Mercedes journey into voice come from? Then you said you've been there five years. Mm-hmm. Five yeah. years ago, where were things at? Had had things been started? Was things moving? Was it Alexa that sparked mm-hmm. everything? Like, how were things when you first started from the from the voice perspective with Mercedes? It, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, voice has been with Mercedes for quite some time now. Um, actually, more than 20, 20 years. I think twenty four to be specific. Um, you know, back in the days, cars used to be the platform to showcase new technologies and innovation from all around the world, and. Um, in 1996, at the Paris Auto Show, uh, Mercedes unveiled a car called the F200 Imagination. And it was a concept car. Uh, it had no steering wheel. It had just a couple of joysticks. And that was kind of like a huge innovation. It had the aromatic suspension and, um, you know, the first voice control system in a car. And that was the first time ever that uh, this was featured in a car. Um, and since then, uh, we introduced it in our production cars. 
um, and has gradually, uh, you know, developed and evolved throughout the years. Um, but I think the big, big breakthrough came uh, when we launched the latest MBUX system uh, in 2018 at CES because uh, for the first time we didn't only have you know voice recognition in the car. So it's kind of when we moved from voice control to a voice assistant because now we had you know a connected car. We interface with the cloud and uh, the assistant. Uh, capabilities just exploded and uh, we became so much more flexible in what we can do. Hmm. And what does, hey, Mercedes, the MBUX do and and how do you um, how do you pair the difference between you were saying a voice controlled versus voice assistant? It's um, we see things that the difference how we define internally is uh, voice control uh, is supposed to be more like command based. So there's specific commands that you have to learn and uh, that you have to remember when you talk to the car, you have to like tell specifically those things. Otherwise, uh, it will not understand you. Um, and when we think about more of a voice assistant, we think about natural language processing um, and also a system that constantly evolves where we can add uh, you know, we can extend the language model to now understand more, uh, where this was quite hard to do in the past. Uh, but now it's something that we do on a regular basis. So the, so Mercedes then in some way, shape or form has had voice recognition whether you could call it, whether some people might have called it an assistant, I don't know, but it's had some form of uh, the Mercedes vehicles have had some form yeah. of voice interaction in the vehicles for, for quite some time. Is that, is that right? Yeah. 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 And so, so what is the, I suppose it's, it's related to Dustin's question. Maybe he's kind of building on it. Like what is the, like in terms of what it can do and what it does do, what are the differences now versus then? Because seem, seemingly beforehand, it might have been, I, I don't know if I'm putting words in your mouth, but like, I don't know, turn off the headlights, turn on the heat and things like that. Like, mm. what's the difference between what it can do now versus that? Yeah, I mean, it all started with phone control. Um, these were the first commands that, you know, the system understood. Uh, back in 1996, you can say dial a name or dial a phone number. And remember that back then we didn't have smartphones or even mobile phones. So we, it was basically a phone in the car. Um, which was quite interesting. Um, and you know, it's not such a long time ago, but it feels like ages ago. Um, but I think till since then the, the big breakthroughs came into, you know, after phone control, we added car controls. Um, and then the next level after was navigation still quite limited in terms of like what you can search and, uh, what kind of map providers we used to integrate with and, uh, POI search. Uh, but then more recently with the added advantage of having the cloud, uh, behind us with MBUX, um, you know, the navigation search just exploded. We, we were able to integrate Yelp and other providers. Um, and we also have integration with smart home ecosystems and in the latest uh, MBUX that is featured in the new S class that was just launched a couple uh, weeks ago now, um, you know, we presenting, you know, uh, smart home as, as a new domain, uh, that you can interact with the Hey Mercedes voice assistant. So how, how does that, how does that look then? So within the vehicle, you mm -hmm. can use the Mercedes assistant to turn on your heating at home, turn off your lights, those kind of things. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we, so you can do those things. Uh, you can, uh, turn on and off lights. Uh, but when we thought about how to build the, the domain, we, we thought about what are, you know, the more, the, the problems that people have when they start driving and they think about their homes. And uh, primarily we, we think that people will uh, try to understand uh, if, you know, the lights are still on, if the garage door is closed, the front door is closed. Um, and these kind of are the, the use cases that we focused around that we try to polish the most uh, because, we're trying to uh, kind of remove the worry from the people um, through the products that we, we have. And um, of course, after that, right, if let's say you forgot the lights on, then we offer to to turn them off. Uh, but you can also do it. You can turn them off from the from the get go. So you, you don't have to go through this uh, process. But um, 
given how we interact on a day-to-day basis and, and what are the things that we do when uh, we are in the car, uh, we suspect that these will be kind of like the, the journeys that people will have. It's like, oh, did I leave my lights on? That sounds like the probably one of the first things that my wife says whenever we <laughs> set off down the road. Did I turn See? the one off? Did I, turn the, did I lock that door? Uh, so I can imagine that bit doing people, uh, yeah, I can imagine that doing people some favours. Are you going to say something, Edison? Uh, no, I was just thinking the Mercedes users, your ideal or your your customer profile, people using Hey Mercedes, I imagine is going to be a different audience than you've got for a Google and Alexa for a mm. Siri. What is that profile? Who's using Hey Mercedes and how did that influence you when you were designing it? Um, it it's quite surprising, actually. Um, I think when, it, when we're looking at customers, they, they do overlap to some extent um, because uh, people currently using voice products, um, uh, we see them as, uh, it's a bit binary. It's either you have the people who are embracing new technology and looking forward to a future where, you know, this is kind of like the, the new thing and the early adapters, um, or you have people who don't want to deal with uh, the interface and find this as, you know, the easiest way to interact with the car. Um, and it's funny because they, they use it differently and they have different tolerance on like, what does it mean to achieve success? Um, and, uh, we find that, you know, early adopters are more daring. They, they go further, they explore, they, they push our system a lot more. Um, they're, they're more tolerant on things not always working um, uh, or whenever they explore, you know, if they find something that the system, the system doesn't currently perform. Uh, whereas, you know, the more traditional user that um, they're literally talking like to another human being. And uh, it's quite fascinating to, uh, you know, to see through our user studies um, how, what, what the expectations are. Interesting. So, what what we'll we'll, come, we'll advance on that in a minute in terms of the the usage perceptions things like that. But I kind of want to just step back again to you said that when you started, Mercedes had had voice recognition in cars for for twenty years. Um, so when you started, if it was five years ago, Alexa had just been released, yeah. uh, or it'd been around for a year in the US, hadn't come out in the UK yet. Um, and so what was the journey like from that moment on? Did you start out working on the Alexa things and integrating, like, you know, turn the car on, warm the car up, those kind of use cases, whilst the My Mercedes or Hey Mercedes assistant was being built up in parallel? Like, walk us through, like, what the process was from you starting, where things were at, and then some of the stuff mm -hmm. that you kind of did over, over the last kind of five years to get it to where it is now. Yeah, I mean, exactly. We, uh, my team specifically focused initially on, you know, integrating with Alexa and Google Assistant and building apps for a connected uh, ecosystem so that you can control, you know, your car from the comfort of your couch. Um, and to inquire about the car, is the car locked and so on. Um, and this, uh, this was happening in parallel with, uh, you know, the Hey Mercedes Assistant being developed. Um, and, and once we, we find, we found a synergy within, within the company, uh, and we decided to merge the two, two teams and have one strategy for voice, uh, globally, um, that's where we actually, you know, identify that whenever you interact with Mercedes through any voice assistant, ours itself, we should always have, you know, a same, um, uh, the same assistant. So you're interacting with Hey Mercedes, uh, through our cars, through MBUX, and you're interacting with Mercedes through Google or Alexa. Um, implementation wise, it's not, it's not one. Um, but, um, it's, it, there, there are a lot of similarities on, on what we do and how we try to respond and how we adapt the customer experience. Hmm. Interesting. So, We've had five years worth of um, adoption of smart speakers. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing uh, a report, might have been a voice bot report, I think, from a couple of years back that said that the 
the compatibility of the car with the voice assistant that a customer has if I'm an Alexa house, a compatible car right. that, that works with Alexa is something that actually might end up influencing purchasing decisions. It was one of the things that was found. Um, and there's been a lot kind of, you know, um, a lot of headlines wrote, uh, a lot of kind of like uh, noise made around voice in the car and things like that. And I know that, I mean, Mercedes, what was it, last year, Super Bowl ad around the, the uh, Hey Mercedes assistant and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. A lot of awareness going on. A lot of, um, you know, when you I don't want to use the word hype as such, but every car now is kind of starting to ship assistance and things like that. And so what yeah. what have you learned um, based on working on either the smart home side of things or the, the Hey Mercedes assistant itself? Have you learned that from a customer perception perspective, it has that kind of driver? Like, are people buying Mercedes cars because of the Hey Mercedes assistant? How does it factor into people's understanding of of how they perceive the car or the brand? Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on the market, but it definitely is a a selling point. Um, And people come uh, because they're intrigued and interested in the idea of having an assistant in the car. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, we, we are quite aware of, uh, you know, the speculations that, that is happening in the media that, you know, having same assistant everywhere, uh, could lead to a, uh, a, a better user experience in the end. Um, but we, we don't think that's necessarily the case or the only future that we're having in front of us, because if you think, you know, naturally we interact with multiple people. Um, and it, it all comes down to the, the type of interaction or what we get from each other. Um, so if, you know, the assistant that you're interacting with at the time is providing the capabilities that you're looking for in that specific moment, then you wouldn't mind calling it, Hey Mercedes or Alexa. Um, so, uh, that's why we don't think that one assistant will rule them all. We, th- we think in a, in a future where we are going to have multiple assistants, um, and they're going to be really adapted to the thing that you're trying to do at, at that point in time, you know, which is why we're pursuing with our strategy. We're, we're working really hard in our assistant and we want to compete uh, with our competition and, and be a player in, in the industry of voice. Interesting. Do you, so where do you think that leaves you then? Because part of the issue um, call it an issue if you want. It's not necessarily an issue, but mm-hmm. for example, let's look at the BBC. So the BBC realised mm-hmm. that um, people are using Alexa to access BBC services, but ultimately right. Amazon is then going to end up intermediating the relationship between the mm-hmm. customer and the BBC content. And in some cases, actually being the arbiter or the decider over whether or not someone actually receives BBC content. So, for example, if you were to say something like, uh, I don't know, play me a podcast or what's the news, for example, then it's essentially kind of almost in part, although you can have the skills enabled, but it's in part kind of the control is in, is in Amazon's hands in terms of where it sends you for, for various things. And the same thing with Google, really, is that these assistants are becoming kind of intermediators, if you like, between the customer and the brand. And so one of the BBC's reasons for creating the Bieber system was to essentially have uh, some ownership over where they can distribute voice-enabled content. Um, so I'm curious about whether, you know, the My Mercedes, with the Hey Mercedes assistant, um, in terms of one is the interoperability between that and other assistants. You said there that, you know, not not kind of everyone, people might have multiple assistants. I think actually the Voxley, there was a Voxley report done that said that most people on average use 1.5 at the moment. I think that's probably most use Alexa and then whether you've got Android or Apple, you use the, the other one. Um, but yeah. the reality is that people are going to be buying Mercedes vehicles that have Alexa, that use Google Assistant, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Where do, where do where do you stand on the interoperability uh, initiative and and you know is it do you see the Mercedes vehicles being a conduit to multiple assistants or do you see the importance being actually for the Hey Mercedes assistant to own that customer experience? If if you think about the assistant itself, uh, it's it's basically a, a gateway and an entry point to um, a, a variety of, of services, right? So. 
uh, if you think about what we use the assistant for in, in your home is listening to music. Uh, I have a, a Google assistant in my kitchen. So I, I look at recipes, uh, while I'm cooking, um, sometimes some information on, on different topics. Uh, if I have a question and my phone is on around, um, so we don't necessarily see it as, you know, when you're interacting with an assistant is it's, you're not necessarily, that's not the product itself. So you don't necessarily want, uh, a different assistant in your car. You want the things that that assistant does in your car, right? So if Mercedes is capable of, uh, doing all of those things, then the need of having a different assistant is, is kind of like taken away from there. Um, and this is what we identified as the root problem that people are looking to do. Um, so that's why, you know, we're expanding, we're, we're focusing, uh, our strategy is not to be super wide in the variety of use cases that we're offered, but to be very uh, narrow and deep. So when you're thinking about, you know, car controls, the phone domain navigation, we want to be the best at doing that. Um, and we also want to expand on things, you know, that people might also want to do besides that while in the car. Um, so things like asking about the weather, uh, asking about sport updates, uh, getting their news and, and more recently, you know, smart home, uh, because this is the next logical step on what people, after they get familiar with it, what they're going to explore. Um, so yeah, it's all about fulfillment. It's not so much about what assistant you have which is why we think, you know, it's, it's definitely worth it to pursue this. And, um, the hammer cities definitely has its spot as with other assistants, which are not Alexa, Google or, or Siri. How are you determining the next domains to, to target? How are you saying focus? Well, you said the next logical step, how do you determine what the next logical step is? Um, we do a lot of user studies. Um, and we try to identify, uh, what our customer needs, uh, through the user studies. Uh, of course, we're also aware of the industry and we look for synergies between, um, you know, where the industry is going towards what are the most popular use cases. I think at home, smart home is one of the most popular use cases. Um, at least in the top five people use their smart speakers to control smart home devices. Um, so naturally, you know, by developing this habit of using your assistant at home to control smart home devices, you have the expectation that if you meet a different assistant, that assistant should perform those things as well. Um, but we also do, uh, you know, analysis, um, on, uh, different clusters uh, of usage, uh, so that we, we can better understand, you know, how our customer is using our product. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, all of this together kind of leads towards a decision that we're going to make, but it's, it's quite planned and it's, we develop a strategy uh, a bit in advance so that, uh, we kind of know to the direction to which we're going towards. Have you ever been surprised in this research? Maybe something that you thought for sure people would want to see and then they just really didn't care about or, or something that they really cared about that you didn't foresee ahead of time? Um, well, not necessarily like that we were surprised about what they cared. I think the, the biggest surprise was the difference in the markets. Um, I mean, you know, and this is where, uh, one of our biggest efforts comes into play. We, I, we quickly identify from the, from the beginning that the customer in different regions is, is very different than also in what they do. Um, so, you know, the customer in the U S is, is focused on, on different things than the customer in Europe and the customer in, in China. And, uh, you have to adapt to what your customer needs because otherwise you're going to lose them and they're going to use a different product to fulfill their, uh, their needs. Um, so, um, I, I think that was the biggest surprise, uh, on how much adaptability we have to bring in each market. And it's definitely something that we underestimated at the beginning. Um, but I think now with the, the recent setup that we're having, we're more prepared to, uh, to challenge that, uh, and, and to achieve it. I mean, I would also be interested to, 
to kind of dive deeper into this topic and understand from you guys, how, how do you guys see that people uh, perceive voice assistants, you know, prior to purchasing them prior to being a user? Like, is this like you're talking to a lot of folks uh, on the podcast and, um, what is everyone's understanding on this? No matter if it's a car or a in-home assistant. Do you mean an av- like a, a, an average user's kind of perception of voice assistants prior to owning one? Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's let's maybe compare it with uh, you know the smartphone revolution that happened two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Smartphones came out, mm-hmm. and everyone wanted to have one, and there was quite some immediate. Uh, well, it, it was still a phone. You were not doing more things and then a regular phone because you didn't have the app store back then it was just maybe being developed and mm. uh but everyone still wanted to have it and then throughout time it became more and more useful um i don't know i mean in 2009 like the iphone had been out for a couple of years i think the app store was around um but when i think about like who had an iphone i had an iphone in 2009 um but I don't think a huge amount of there were inevitably there's a segment of people who were like who were there who wanted a smartphone. I think probably we mm. might have felt all th- us three might have fallen into that kind of bracket. But like if I think about my 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 mum for example didn't get a smartphone until probably I don't know 2015 maybe 2014 mm. something like that. Um, and so I don't know when some people I always like to ask kind of most when they ask you like oh what do you do kind of thing i always like to kind of ask them whether they have a smart speaker whether they talk to their phone whether they use a voice on their phone things like that and what i've kind of learned is that people don't necessarily have an understanding of the concept of a voice assistant i think the language Mm -hmm. voice assistant isn't something that people generally kind of get to grips with they know it by what it is like i talk to my phone or i talk to google or i talk to alexa it's it's just something that they talk to to get answers or to do whatever like my dad for example he talks to his phone doesn't know it's a voice assistant he just thinks he talks to google uh my parent-in-laws you know it's like well wow wow the other thing is why would i want an alexa like why would i want one of them what does it do so there's a lack of awareness about what it even does in the first Mm. place for some people i think that's just naturally part of the adoption of of you know the the kind of cycle that you go through the adoption kind of uh adoption curve kind of thing um so yeah i think there's some people who who do don't understand that a voice assistant is a voice assistant they just think that they're able to talk to things and some people are not really aware of what these things can do i don't know what do you think dustin no, yeah, I think I think there's a the big difference, and you alluded to this, I me, mean, between smartphones and smart speakers, is that smartphones were replacing something that everyone already had. And and can mm. you mention, you know, 2015 it was maybe when your mom had a smartphone for the first time, and you know, 2015 maybe I don't know for sure, maybe it was around that time where you can't really buy a non-smartphone phone, right? Mm. Um, if you if you try today, you can, but it's it's really difficult. Smart speakers are a brand new thing entirely, except for certainly in places like the car. Right? I, I haven't had a car in what ten years now, so I'm, I'm not keeping up too much today. But I know that there mm-hmm. there has always been you know controls for for the heating and for cooling and for the entertainment system, and so um, now you have voice there, and so. That seems like a normal place where Kane was mentioning, uh, well, this isn't necessarily a smart assistant. This is just how I control VAC mm. uh, or, you know, this is how I control my phone. So um, it's interesting because, yeah, either the people you speak with now, uh, you know, they know what smart speakers are and it's just this uh, ambient part of their life or it's just not really something that they even register as something different. It's just it's just an interface. Right. I mean, you can argue that, you know, smart speakers are replacing the the radio, Mm -hmm. uh, which everyone had in their homes. Yeah. But you can control what you listen on the radio with your voice. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that. We spoke about. That. I remember in, in when we first kind of kicked off the podcast, that was kind of one of the things we were talking about. It's like smart speakers are radio two point kind of thing, or like yeah. you, you you get the the interactivity and the product productivity from your phone with the content um, mm. from the radio. Um, but yeah, the format of the radio, I suppose. But I suppose what what we're kind of touching on here, I think, is interesting in that the average person. 
I mean, for me, to be honest, a voice assistant in the car probably would be a, a contributing factor to me making a purchasing decision. If I was in the market for a new car, then the voice assistant would play a part. I don't know whether it would steal the show for me, you know, but if it had, uh, you know, I think Alexa and Google Assistant built in would kind of be expected, I would think, for a, for a relatively new car. But if it had its own assistant, it would be something that I would be interested in and it might might influence my decision making. For the average person like my dad... I don't even think he would think about it. I don't even think he would use it. You know, maybe he might use it, but he, but I, I definitely couldn't say with any confidence that he would. So, what is the actual usage like? We've we've spoke at the beginning around. Oh, it could be a decision making mm. factor. Um, but the reality is, for those people who are not early adopters of this technology, who don't necessarily spend five hours a day talking to the phone, who maybe's yeah. just got a smart speaker but they only play music with it, mm-hmm. or in fact maybe it's the part of the majority of people that don't have a smart speaker, but they want a new car and they get shown this assistant in the showroom, what's the reality of the adoption and usage of the assistant by the average person who's not an enthusiast? Do you have any idea in terms of you know, the adoption of it, the usage of it, those kind of things? Yeah, I mean, it, it navigates around what you do in the car. So making phone calls, listening to music, navigating, um, which is why we, we decided to double down on this and, you know, push to to be the best at, at providing these use cases. Um, you know, the, the car is, I think, probably one of the best uh, places to have a voice system because you're doing a main activity, which is driving. And uh, you, you want to take advantage of all the things that you have around you, but without being distracted from your main activity, which is driving. So, um, I think the voice system is bridging that, uh, in, in the best way possible, uh, cause you can talk to it and it will respond to you. It will give you enough feedback to know that the things that you're asking for happened, um, and it's, you know, it's also evolving it, you, you don't have to learn a new language to do it. You can just use your own if, if you know how to invoke it. And, you know, with the new S class, you can actually do certain things without even invoking the assistance. You can just talk uh, and uh, the system will pick up specific things. So, um, yeah, it's it's and again, it, it differs on the market. So, you know, in the US, we have different trends than in Europe and then in China. Um, but it's it's primarily around car uh, activities and mm. and this is you know it's it's something when when we're thinking about uh, you know the other assistants um, um, and and their products that they're offering um, I, I think you know Google Assistant and 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 Siri have some compelling products uh, you know with CarPlay and Android Auto uh, and I think. Alexa is trying to do certain things, but uh, eventually, uh, you know, it all comes down to what is the thing that you're fulfilling and is that really achieving what that person is doing? Because when when you get in the car, you don't want to set up this, you know, super complicated dashboard. You don't want to take your phone out of your pocket. You don't want to, uh, you know, plug in the USB. You don't want to do any of that. You, You just want less clutter, you want it to be convenient. You want it to like, uh, you know, be a seamless experience. You get in the car, you start driving and then, you know, you, you have something that you can rely on there. Um, and you know, in the future you can add personalization and stuff like that, uh, which to some extent we provide today and we do have profiles, uh, that learn based on the things that you do today. Um, but it's, yeah, I think we're going to go, definitely going to go away from, uh, you know, having, you know, to set up all these things and always relying on our phones. It's our phones. I think it's going to be something that's going to be integrated in every single device that we're interacting with, because eventually uh, you don't necessarily want to carry always a device with you. You you want the world around you to adapt to, to you. And uh, if you think about that future, then a phone is not needed because a phone is everywhere. It's you just need yourself. Hmm. 
Yeah, I can concur with that. And I can see that, you know, your likes of Apple are sort of on the road to doing that, like breaking out away from the iPhone into a watch that's kind of self-sufficient, mm. but it's still tied to your Apple profile. So it still kind of yeah. has that personalization and the the uh, HomePod speaker kind of requires your phone. Probably if you don't have an iPhone and you had a, a, a watch, maybe it would sync up with that. I'm not sure. Um, and then CarPlay kind of uses the same sort of thing so I can, I can see where you're kind of getting at there and I remember when we before we did before we kind of put this podcast together you distinctly asked us to challenge you I, I recall you saying I want you to challenge me yeah and so so uh, there's a there's a train there's a thread running through this that that is interesting I think because you kind of started you started out talking about the the old if you like before natural language, the old assist, yeah. the old voice control was very much turn on the heating, turn on the air conditioning, warm my, heat, warm my seat up, that kind of stuff. Then we get natural language understanding and you're able to do a little bit more things with it. You're able to provide more kind of services mm. and you say that you integrate with Yelp and you can do better directions and those kind of things. All of those things kind of fit naturally within that. The perfect use cases for the car, controlling the vehicle, you know, probably some questions around whether you can control safety features and so like that because I know that you know, I spoke to someone at Jaguar Land Rover and they were saying that that's kind of a, a no-go area if, if voice control is the only way of getting into your car, for example. Um, so you've got the You've got the you've got those use cases that would be a natural perfect fit. You're driving, you mm -hmm. want to play music. You're driving, you want to know where you're going. You're driving, you want to put the air conditioning on. Those yeah. kind of things are absolutely make perfect sense. You mentioned that then after that personalization, one of the things that Apple, Google, Alexa either have or are on the road to having is mm -hmm. an intense understanding of the customer. You know. Apple knows everything I do on this device. It knows all the services I use, all the apps I use, mm. how often I use them, how often I pick up my phone, how long I spend on it, you know, where I shop, who I call, who I speak. It knows absolutely everything about me. And so Siri could be the most helpful assistant on the planet because I could get a notification yeah. on Monday morning that mm. says, hey, it's Monday morning, usually you call your dad. Do you want to call him now? You know, it starts to be proactive, starts to be really super personalised. Um Google Assistant, the same, you know, if you're in an, in the Android world or even, you know, we use G Suite and stuff like that. So Google understands my behaviors and my, my productivity, the tools I use. So that can start to get a real kind of thorough understanding of me. And the, the as I imagine the aim, the long-term aim of Google, Apple, Amazon is to start getting users embedded into these ecosystems and start using these assistants more often so that that assistant is the assistant that is with you wherever you go. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you're at work, doesn't matter if you're at home, doesn't matter if you've got your phone, doesn't matter if you've got your watch, doesn't matter if you've got your AirPods or your airphone, headphones, doesn't matter where you are, your assistant that understands you is there. And whatever you ask for it, it, will, it, can, it can solve that kind of problem. Mm. One of the areas that that needs to be is obviously in the car, because some people spend a, right. a large amount of time in the car. And therefore, if, um, if, if Apple understands that I'm listening to one podcast on my HomePod, makes more it makes sense for it to continue playing that podcast in CarPlay. It makes sense for Apple to give me that notification on Monday morning to call my dad through my dashboard while I'm driving, because mm. if I happen to be in the car at the time that I usually do that activity, then my assistant should kind of let me know. So it's, it, I'm interested in, in understanding where you where your feelings are around the long term of voice assistance in general, and if. Apple and Siri and Google Assistant and Alexa is going to be this thread that joins together the moments in people's day. Whether how you think that kind of goes with the the My Mercedes philosophy of just helping people get stuff done, because there may there may be potentially a limit to that, because I'm going to have to train the the Hey Mercedes Assistant in my behaviours, my what what content I like to do, what where I want to yeah. go. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I'm most interested mm -hmm. in how you think that the Hey Mercedes Assistant either can stand on its own in that world, or how you f think it might kind of work with those assistants uh, to kind of provide that seamless third throughout people's day. I don't know what your thoughts are on on that. Yeah, I mean, it's. Um it's definitely a complex topic when, when you're thinking long-term because, um, you know, while, you know, all these assistants know about you, you know, I think they, to some extent lack depth, uh, because you have, you're using so many services and, you know, the, the deeper they go, the, the more invasive of your privacy they are. And, and then if they start doing things by themselves, it, 
they will just be, you know, quite odd. Um, and, uh, it's definitely not something for everyone. Um, I, I do still think that in the future, the assistant is supposed to help us, uh, be better at, at doing routine tasks and, uh, you know, elevate our life and, uh, automate things that, uh, are supposed to be, um, you know, stuff that we do on a regular basis. Uh, and then we have to do the more creative part of things. Um, so, I mean, you know, this, we are also looking into that. So, you know, personalization is something that, uh, that, that we're doing. And, um, if, if you're looking now, even at a couple generations back, we, we did have a, a personalization profile where we would learn depending on who you're calling, uh, where you're going to and where you're listening to, we would make suggestions in the car, you know, for you to do these things because we, we know that you're doing these things while you're driving. Um, and they could be triggered from the car. It could be triggered from your phone. Um, and, uh, this is, you know, part of our strategy as well. Um, now, you know, we want to be part of this and that's what we're investing and we're strategizing to, uh, you know, develop, further develop our assistant and our personalization and intelligence, uh, in our cars. Um, and because we think in this future, uh, of course, we're going to have to see how customers adapt and how, um, how they will use the systems in the future. Um, and you know, the, the future that you're talking about, it, you know, is definitely possible. Um, but I hope that we we're not there yet where we only have one or two choices, uh, on, on how can we live our lives? You can either choose, you know, the, the Siri, uh, route or the Google route. I mean, this will be very binary and, and very biased. Uh, so I hope that there will be more more competition and more options that you can, you can choose to, uh, to do things. And, you know, we, we shouldn't underestimate ourselves. I mean, we, we have a lot of things that, um, and, and desires that, that change throughout time and, um, assistants are, are still quite limited. So, uh, I think we're, we're constantly thinking about, you know, the future where we're going to have night rider, uh, both in the car and outside of the car, um, throughout the assistance that we're going to have. Um, and, and I, I really strive towards that future. Uh, but that's, um, that's still quite, quite far away. So, um, uh, we have a lot of work to do before we're going to reach there. Hmm. You can always, sorry, go listen. No, I was just going to say, I think maybe building onto that point a little bit, um, you know, you are, are building this out right now, but at the same time, I think a lot of consumers have been burned in the past, whether it's with smart TVs or even with cars, uh, you, you know, that Google, you know, that Apple, you know, that Amazon are going to keep building out their voice assistants. And, you know, if they don't, uh, you replace your phone and, and you've got a new smart assistant on it. Mm. Uh, at the same time, when you buy a car, you're buying it for what, five, maybe even sometimes 10 years, you know, what's, uh, what can you say and what can you present to these customers who are maybe even actually a little bit weary of purchasing a Mercedes car because they're worried that, Hey, Mercedes isn't going to be there the entire life cycle. Um, I wouldn't say that's true. Um, and, uh, I think that the recent announcements and partnerships that we did with NVIDIA, uh, is, is a proof of our commitment towards the future where we're building cars to last, uh, and cars that, you know, evolve throughout time and, uh, you know, get new capabilities, uh, as year progresses. Uh, so Hey Mercedes will be there. We'll, uh, we're very committed to this future. Um, and even, even if you buy a car for, uh, a longer period of time, your car will develop with you and it will get new features. Um, and you know, the cars are built to, to last that and, uh, to be future proof. Um, so, um, you know, we, we're also relying on our partners. I mean, we put an immense amount of trust in the people that we work with, um, and all the markets, uh, and we have great teams that support all of our efforts, uh, and, and, uh, let us achieve the things that we want to do. I mean, in, in North America, we work with SoundHound, And if you look at the progress I've been doing on, uh, with their assistant, their base assistant that we take from them and we customize further, um, I mean, 
they go, you know, head to head with the likes of Google or Siri. And, um, this just proves that you can challenge, you know, uh, the, the big guys and, uh, that you don't necessarily have to be on their side to, to win at this game. Mm, I, would, I would agree with that. And I think that you've got, um, you've always got the ability. So one, one, you're benefiting from Soundhound's uh, domains. I don't know if that's part of it. I'm assuming right. it is, is it? You, you can use Soundhound yeah, domain. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. you, you're benefiting from Soundhound's domains. That get extended, that gets built on. So you do have a rival, essentially, in, in terms of like a, a genuine assistant kind of uh rival in terms of compared to amazon google etc because you've got that kind of domain knowledge and then you can always you know when we're talking about personalization and stuff like that you can always allow um or or in future for for providers to be able to be kind of distributed through that platform i'm thinking like spotify for example if i link my spotify account with hey mercedes now i get my music my personalized music and and that that concept continues um so i can see that Building on what Dustin was saying in terms of the, you know, maybe the lifespan of a car might be longer than five or ten years, but in terms of individuals owning vehicles, they might get passed on and things like that. So, what's the process in if I if I have an iPhone now, I get another iPhone, turn it on, sign into iCloud. Five minutes later, the phone, my new phone's back mm-hmm. to exactly where my old phone was. How does that work in terms of like if I if I've got a Mercedes for five ten years, it knows where I work. It can just send me to work without knowing needing my directions. Yeah. It's you know it's managing all of these different services for me. Um, it, it knows what temperature I like to have the seats and the heating set, all this kind of stuff. What's the process if I can get get rid of that Mercedes? One, what happens to that data in that assistant that's now mm-hmm. not mine anymore? And then what happens when I buy a new Mercedes that's got a Mercedes built into it? Yeah, it's um, it's very similar actually to to what you just described uh, with your smartphone. So uh, when you buy an MBUX equipped vehicle, um, you have to create a profile, and in this profile, every everything that is being learned uh, and stored in your personal profile. Uh, is is only available to that profile, and this is persistent through throughout generations of MBUX. So uh, now with the second generation of MBUX that is launched in the new S class, you know profiles persist, and you can you know take your old profile and then put it in the new car, and you know your your learnings and preferences will be saved, uh, and you can just resume when you get a new car. And for the old car that you're returning, let's say you have a lease and so on, you can delete and unlink your account from it. So similar to how you do it with your, uh, you know, profile on your smartphone, uh, and now someone else can create a new profile and then, you know, build everything from scratch. So I think from an experience perspective is very similar to what customers are used to and what we're basically uh, expecting from uh, a connected device these days. Cool. Um, what is your, um, as we kind of come to the close, what's your like top like advice or like top tips for for other people who are looking at trying to do something independently, trying to create their own assistant? Maybe they are um, I don't know, not necessarily kind of car manufacturers, but you know anyone the equivalent of BBC or or whoever is mm-hmm. looking at that and thinking I want kind of ownership over the customer experience uh, I want to enable you know better customer experience on my products and things like that what are some of the kind of core lessons that you've learned over the last five years or so working on Hey Mercedes that you think apply to anyone building any kind of assistant yeah it's I mean we, we briefly touched it touched all these points in, in today's talk um you have to start with knowing your customer and definitely choosing the market in which you're going to perform these things. Uh, think about the fulfillment is, is the things that you're providing to, um, to the customer, is it strong enough for you to need that interface, that, that entry point, the gateway of a voice assistant. Um, and, and then third, choose your right partners, right? There's, there's many players out there. And, uh, if you choose the right partners, then you, you can, decide if you want a branded experience, like with your own brand, uh, or you can leverage, uh, you know, a pre-existing brand such as, uh, Google or Alexa. Um, and, uh, you, this way you, you can basically control, uh, how your product is being, uh, serviced. I mean, eventually for us, you know, our product is our car. 
uh, and then a sub-product inside of the car is the MBOX system with the Hey Mercedes voice assistant. Uh, and, you know, but the main thing is the car and the the Hey Mercedes assistant is supporting that. And this is, is a thing on top of it that kind of creates a whole package uh, that becomes more appealing to the customer and uh, is, is a selling point eventually for, for us. So uh, for... You know, people who are looking at this, you know, know your customer, uh, think about the actual thing that you're going to fulfill with the, uh, with the product that you're building, uh, and then choose the right partners because you have many options, uh, in today's world and you can achieve anything. You, you don't always have to go the, the routes of, of Google or Alexa. Nice, nice advice. Yeah, I, I, I think it's fantastic. I think it's one of the go-to examples. You know, Hey Mercedes is one of the go-to examples that we certainly point to when we talk about independent voice assistants. And Soundhound is, is a fantastic company. We, we had Mike on a few weeks back, and I absolutely love yeah. the work that they're doing. Um, and so I think I think I think Mercedes, BBC, um, possibly Erica from Bank of America and Eno from Capital One. Those are kind of like the four mm. big standout kind of ones. And so I think it's fantastic the the kind of stuff that you're doing and the work that you're doing. And uh, I can't wait to buy a, a Mercedes and try it out. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Where, where can uh, where can people find out a little bit more about yourself, Mihai, and, and follow your journey and, and, and learn from the stuff that you are doing as well? Yeah, they can follow me on Twitter um, or LinkedIn. Um, and then I share a lot of updates on the work that we do. We just uh, recently uh, launched uh, the first day of the advent calendar for this uh, holiday season. Uh, and there's more uh, things that we're going to share uh, as the holiday season progresses. Uh, but, you know, everything, every major update that we do and so on, we, we try to keep our customers informed and be very proactive about it. So if you follow me on, on Twitter or LinkedIn, then, you can you can get the latest updates from the Hammer Cities voice assistant. Nice, nice one, Dustin. When when you uh, when are you going to venture into the car market again and, and get yourself a Mercedes? <laughs> uh, any any day now, <laughs> Mihai. I think you've convinced me. Nice, nice. Glad yeah. to hear that. Do you, do you get a commission? <laughs> um, yeah, we do get a discount. Yes. No, 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 if, the... if I buy one, do I say oh. Mihai send me and you get a? Hmm. I can ask about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, give us give us an affiliate code if you do, because if anyone buys yeah. a Merc off the back of this, we'll earn a good few quid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool, Mihai. This has been an absolute pleasure. Really appreciate it, mate. Um, yeah, it's been fantastic. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in as well. And until next time, see you later.